1: The quarterback will, in fact, change for tomorrow's game. That's now official. Mason Rudolph is the official starter, and Kenny Pickett is officially out. Today, I am officially not done with making proposed changes for things that this team ought to be doing right now. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is... Daily Shot of Steelers, it comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also happen to offer Daily Shots of both Penguins and Pirates, the other two teams in town that I cover. It will be Steelers versus Bengals tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. kickoff at Accra Stadium. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'll be doing a special edition of Daily Shot of Steelers that'll show up on your devices Sunday morning very very early Sunday morning and I can promise you that that episode will be a whole lot more upbeat if by some miracle all three of the following suggestions I'm about to offer unsolicited and I'm sure unwanted by Mike Tomlin would come to fruition three changes I'd really 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 like to see for this game not down the road for this game And these are in no particular order. I start with, get Dan Moore off of that line. Look, I'm not an offensive line analyst. I don't go through hours and hours and hours of videotape each week to study every little mechanism. But you know how much I need to know? To grasp that Moore has just been awful and was never worse than he was in Indianapolis? Very, very little. I could have landed here from Venus last week and been taken to your leader in Indianapolis and watched that game and said, wow, that 65 over there is getting smoked, huh? Because it happened again and again and again. Now, the Colts' defensive front played really well. Broderick Jones had the worst game of his young NFL career. James Daniels had the worst game of his literal life. Mason Cole wasn't much better than he's been. And Isaac Salmala was probably the only one that held up reasonably well, although it doesn't matter when there's that much of a cataclysm around you. Moore was the worst of them. Moore was the worst on run blocking. Moore was by far the worst on pass blocking. For the season, he's allowed seven sacks at left tackle. That is the seventh most in the National Football League, tied for seventh most at his position. He has been a deep disappointment. But you know what isn't his fault? That he's still playing. You could, with the snap of a finger, and should, put Chuksa for back at right tackle, punishment served, and have Jones go back to his natural position and give him a little bit of a fresh start feel after the rough week that he had in Indianapolis. Are we good with this one? Yeah? Okay, cool. Next one. Let's see Calvin Austin on the field again. Do you happen to remember... Calvin Austin, wait, 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 do you happen to remember the summer-long focus on those bursts of speed that were going to be a real thing for this football team? Well, here's what's happened. Anthony McFarland, who was supposed to be a big part of that, first gets hurt, then gets buried, and now yesterday gets released. So there goes that. Austin, through the first five games of this season— averaged 42.2 offensive snaps. He was a real part of this offense. Might not have achieved everything that you'd hoped for, but was he really given a chance? The last five games, in contrast to 42.2, he's averaged 13.2 snaps. He's barely out there. So the stuff that you saw earlier in the season, blowing off the top in Las Vegas, some of the, the quality end arounds where he would just effortlessly pick up 9, 10, 12 yards. It's gone. It's out of the equation. The Steelers are right back to being a slow-stayed offense. This has happened, of course, not because another wide receiver has bumped him, but because they've been utilizing tons of tight ends. Well, newsflash, your tight ends, in particular Darnell Washington, aren't exactly killing it, On the blocking. So if you're not going to get the blocking, then you're not going to have an offense that behaves big. You might as well try for a different approach. The last one, and this is the one I can assure you is going to be the one that makes you think I've lost my mind. How about less Alex Highsmith and more Nick Herbig? Yes, I know who got all the money in the offseason. But as I warned at the time of that contract, while I had no issue with keeping him, I did say that Alex is either all there or all not there when it comes to production. He's either having a game where he breaks up some big splash, play, pick six, whatever it is, or you don't even know that he dressed. Over the last six games, I went and looked this up, Highsmith's made 14 total tackles. That's over six games. He has a total of 1.5 sacks. He has a total of three run stuffs. What else could he be doing? What am I missing here? One more time, six games, 14 tackles, 1.5 sacks, three total run stuffs. And you know what? I believe Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin, when they say that you can't use Nick Herbig at, an inside linebacker position. As dire as the need is there, they don't believe that he can handle it. He has no schooling in it. Doesn't even necessarily have the frame for it. And they don't want to put him in a situation where he can get messed up. Fine. I respect that. But have you noticed that when he's on the field, he makes something happen, whether that's special teams, whether that's the punt block last week or whatever? You need somebody making things happen. This is the most desperate three-game stretch coming up of the Tomlin era. And you need to be trying things that actually work as opposed to hoping that other things will resurrect themselves. When we come back, J1Q.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Today's J1Q comes from BJ who says, DK, I don't know if it's been just me being frustrated these past few weeks, but over these three losses now, it seems like the Steelers are using Jalen Warren way less again. And I just don't get how this coaching staff can't see that he's clearly the more productive running back on this team. BJ, I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret. When I was doing the opening segment for this show and I was drawing it up and the three changes that I wanted to see, I had Jalen being the number one running back ahead of Najee Harris And I ended up scratching it off because it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Unless the injury that's limited Najee in practice over the past few days can be painted as some sort of reason that he wouldn't play as much, I don't believe this head coach will put this player into a position where it looks like he's lost his job as a first-round pick to the undrafted player at the same position. Not because Najee was drafted and Jalen wasn't, I mentioned that parenthetically, but because Tomlin has a soft spot for Najee that goes way beyond football. And if that sounds like the kind of thing that really shouldn't be a thing, certainly not in this setting, well, that's because it shouldn't. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know how much evidence they could possibly need. I really don't. You're talking about Warren with 4.5 yards on an average carry to Harris with 3.0. You're talking about Warren with 300 receiving yards to Harris's 149. Those are both season totals. He is, in some ways twice the player that Harris is he offers you more options he offers you more flexibility he offers you more dynamism he offers you a better chance to break the big one he offers you all of that and I say that while also respecting that I don't think Harris has had a bad year by any means Harris has seven runs of his own for 20-plus yards. That's a really, really good number for a running back who came out of college not having that reputation at all. But Harris also is coming off a Dan Moore-type performance in Indianapolis. The film of what Harris did in Indianapolis is brutal. It's so much worse than whatever you thought you saw live, and I'm sure what you thought you saw live was already pretty bad. Once again, three games are left. You want to see, no, I think you need to see your head coach, more than anybody else, say, hey, I, I don't really care whose feelings I hurt. I've got to do some different things here, and I know that. Because I had some performances last week, not to punish those guys, not to bench them and teach them a lesson, just because you need the more productive or the more invested or whatever player on the field. But you won't see it. You will not see it. The first time the Steelers offense takes the field, mark my words, tomorrow at Acresher Stadium, you'll see 22 out there as the lone running back because that's the way the head coach wants it just because i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of Steelers. again we're going to have a special one on sunday morning and it's then that i'll be wishing you all a merry christmas and all that stuff presuming you'll be in the mood